ഓം വക്രതുണ്ട മഹാകായ സൂര്യകോടി സമപ്രഭ നിർവിഘ്നം കുരുമേ ദേവ സർവകാരേഷു സർവദാ ശ്രീ ഗണേശായ നമഃ ഓം ശ്രീ ഉച്ചിഷ്ട ഗണപതേ നമഃ ഓം വിജയ ഗണപതേ നമ ഓം രാജഗണപതേ നമ ഓം ശ്രീ മഹാഗണാധിപതേ നമോ നമ ഓം ഭഗവതേ ശ്രീ സ്വാമിനാരായണായ നമ ഓം ശ്രീ ലക്ഷ്മിനാരായണായ നമ ഓം ശ്രീ നർനാരായണായ നമ നമോ നമ ഓം നമോ ഭഗവതേ വാസുദേവായ ഓം നമോ ഭഗവതേ രുദ്രായ ഓം നമഃ ശിവായ ഓം ഐം റീം ക്ലീം ചാമുണ്ടായ വിച്ചേ സർവമംഗലമംഗലേ ശിവേ സർവാർത്ഥസാധികേ ശരണ്യത്രംബകേ ഗൗരിനാരായണി നമോസ്തേ ഓം നമോ ഹനുമതേ ഭയഭഞ്ജനായ സുഖം കുരു ഭട്ട് സ്വാഹ ശ്രീ ഗുരുസ്തോത്രം അഖണ്ഡമംഗലാകാരം വ്യാപ്തം യേന ചരാചരം തത്പദം ദർശിതം യേന തസ്മൈ ശ്രീ ഗുരുവേ നമഃ അജ്ഞാനതിമിരാന്തസ്യ ജ്ഞാനാഞ്ജനശലാകയാ ചക്ഷുരും മിലിതം യേന തസ്മൈ ശ്രീ ഗുരുവേ നമഃ ഗുർബ്രഹ്മാ ഗുർവിഷ്ണു ഗുർദേവോ മഹേശ്വര ഗുരുദേവ പരം ബ്രഹ്മ തസ്മൈ ശ്രീ ഗുരുവേ നമഃ സ്ഥാവരം ജംഗമം വ്യാപ്തം യത്കിഞ്ചിത് സചരാചരം തത്പദം ദർശിതം മേന തസ്മൈ ശ്രീ ഗുരുവേ നമഃ ശ്രീ ഗുരുസ്തോത്രം വെൽക്കം ടു ഡെയിലി സത്സംഗ് വി ആർ കണ്ടിന്യൂയിങ് ആർ കോൺടംപ്ലേഷൻ ഓൺ വട്ട് ഇസ് ദി ആത്മാ ദിസ് ഇസ് എ വെരി റെലവൻറ്റ് ക്വസ്റ്റൻ ഇൻ ടേംസ് ഓഫ് സ്പിരിച്വൽ അവേക്കനിങ് ആൻഡ് റിയലൈസേഷൻ ദിസ് വേൾഡ് ഇസ് യൂസ്ഡ് അഗൈൻ ആൻഡ് അഗൈൻ ഇൻ മെനി ഡിഫറെൻറ്റ് വേസ് ആൻഡ് വി ആർ വാണ്ടിങ് ടു അൺറാവൽ ഇറ്റ്സ് മിസ്ട്രീസ് ത്രൂ ദ സ്ക്രിപ്റ്റേഴ്സ് ബൈ ദ ഗ്രേസ് ഓഫ് ദ ഗ്രേറ്റ് സേജസ് uh through our own intelligence uh, awakened hopefully so along those lines we are continuing from yesterday uh with regards to the secret of recognition or re-recognition called pratyabhignarudayam which means to recognize who you are know thyself realize who you are and the mysteries that are hidden within you within each of us so along those lines um we were looking at yesterday uh the various ideas regarding uh the emergence of shakti the way energy moves so, uh, so many things around that so to move along those lines again um i want to try to elaborate on a couple of points here that just to make sure that things are clear uh, in terms of the, some of the terminology and what it all really means so one of the words that is used in the spiritual awakening is called shakti path or it is sometimes it is called shaktini path meaning what it means the fall or the descent of power so it has two meanings one is the power that is coming from the transcendent to the individual and then another meaning is that it is the awakening of the dormant power within us So in our energy and personal excellence program we always talk about utilizing energy wisely awakening energy we all have great deal of energy what exactly is energy so this is a very relevant question because the word energy the translation we use is shakti shakti means power energy dynamic process that which is uh moving the, so there are ways of trying to understand this phenomena uh, we of course use the word energy in electricity and other areas but there's energy within us there's neurochemical energy there's biological energy there's physiological energy 
there is a transmission of energy from the sun through the plants, through the, through the food that we eat into the various cycles of respiration, etc., to open up that power. And then that's available for us in our mind, body, everything. That's why we eat food. So energy is existing in so many different ways. Now, it, with regards to the relationship between the Atma and Shakti, what is the, what is the relationship? So many times the word Shiva or is used for the Atma. Uh, sometimes the word Krishna is used. Sometimes the word Narayan is used. Different teachers, different commentators have used different language for the same thing. That is the, the spiritual spark that we are. You know, so not to get confused with the terminology, and I will try to be clear about the way I'm using it. Right now, when we're talking about Atma, it's just the me. Who am I? From Vachanamrut point of view, this is written as Jeev, uh, Jeevnu Anvay and Vetirek Swarup. This is all the point we're talking about. We're not even talking about much anything else too much right now. In the last, uh, I would say, last two weeks. This is, this is the only thing we're concentrating on, and then we'll get to the other things later on. So, the descent of power, Shakti Pad. What is that? How does that happen? How does power awakening? Well, look at our life. When children are in school, when children are at home, they're growing, they're jumping, they're learning, their energy is evolving. That is all the evolution of energy through the teachings from the teachers, from the parents, from the society. All of that is part of energy awakening. It's growth of the body, growth of the mind. Growth of the body and the mind cannot happen without energy. So energy grows, or energy is used to develop the mind and the body. And then at some point when there is enough maturity, whenever that may be, it really varies from person to person. It could be in very young age or it could be in very old age. It could be in the middle age, it could be at any time. When there is enough maturity, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, or maturity for spiritual realization, that maturity is a preparation for the descent of divine knowledge, divine wisdom, divine power within us. The descent from the beyond, through the gurus. This is one, one thing, it's a preparation. Another way to look at this is the awakening of the dormant power within us. The ascent and the descent. Both are present. Shakti Pat is referring to descent. And the awakening is the ascent. Two things are there. In life, we are ascending. We are moving forward. We are growing forward. So our power is developing forward. Now, when we are attempting to recognize what is the Atma, the preparation, psychological and emotional and, and intellectual preparation, has to be there for that grace to descend on the individual so the person can handle that truth. Otherwise, how that truth can be handled? The mind and the body need to be prepared to handle tremendous power, to handle tremendous wisdom. You know what? It happens quite often. 
when there is a little bit of a deeper discussion going on on any subject. It could be a scientific subject, economics, it could be whatever. It could be um, physics, it could be the politics. When there's a little bit of more academic, more in-depth subject, people fall asleep, they don't understand things, they're, they get tired. Why is that? Because the preparation isn't there to understand at that level. Isn't it so? The same thing is true, let's say you're playing a game like tennis. You, to really play well, all five sets, you must be prepared physically. You must have the stamina, the good health and good breathing ability, plus the training and all, to be able to play five sets. In men's, let's say. In women's, it's three sets. It's a preparation. Without adequate exercise, good proper balance, food, water, clothing, diet, so many things have to be there before you can play three sets of tennis. And then the competitive spirit, so many things are there. Similarly, the preparation for Shaktini Pat has to be there. And that is the role of the Guru. In Swaminarayan Sampradaya, this word is not used this way. There are some reasons behind that. That's because of certain Gurus that have misused their power with their uh, disciples. That is why the word Shakti Pat sometimes is used in what is called like black tantra or like gray tantra, black tantra. It's used in a negative way. Tantra, tantra means integration, but when you have power awakened, you use it in a negative way. That is called uh, melividya, like this, you know, wrong way of using for your ego. So that is not the way energy is ever to be used. And if it is used that way, it will eventually harm the person using it. And we see this throughout the history of the Sanatana Dharma. So many asuras have done so much sadhana and they have asuri bhav. They want to hurt others. They want to be egotistical, etc. Hiranyakashipu and Ravan and all that. What is that? They awakened energy. They worshipped God. They worshipped Shiva or Shakti or whoever they worshipped. They got what they wanted, but they misused it. So to, the prevention of the misuse of power requires sadhuta, saintliness. Sadhuta in Gujarati or santatva, and maybe that's a Sanskrit language word, I'm not sure. It means the quality of saintliness, that, that purity of mind, that ability to, to see things in very broad perspectives without the individualized ego's agenda to just strengthen itself. Such a state of evolution is necessary as a prerequisite for Shaktini Pat, for the Anugraha. In, in fact, saintliness is the anugraha itself. That itself has all the power. But when energy actually awakens, what does what happens? See, in Vedras, Bhagwan mentioned, Bhagwan Swaminarayan, he mentioned beautifully. He said that siddhis develop, eight major siddhis, eight minor siddhis. It's written in Vedras. It's written in the yoga scriptures also, the yogic Patanjali yoga sutras. These powers develop when there is energy conservation and the mind is not wasting energy. It's just like a bank account. Once your bank account reaches a certain stage, 100,000 becomes 500,000, 500,000 becomes 800,000, 800,000 becomes 1 million, 1 million becomes 2 million. The potentiality, the power is increasing to do so much, to see more, to experience more of the world. If you have $100 million, you have much more purview of experiencing the material world and the pleasures of the world and all of that compared to $1 million. 
If you are a billionaire, it's even much, much, much more. It's like that. So there are stages of development on this on our internal energy side also. This is this financial example makes sense because it's easy to understand. Similarly, when we are conserving our internal potency and using it in the best possible way, when energy is descending by the grace of God, by the energy, by the grace of Gurus, and energy is awakening from within the ascent and descent, when that is occurring, then we are able to tap into the more esoteric, more mystical and profound realizations of reality, of God, of, of the Atma. Then we get to the Atma. The Atma is not something that somebody can purchase in a store or, or even you can purchase books on the Atma. That doesn't mean you have realized the Atma. The internal realization comes only when all power is in synchronous state and where, where the Atma that is hidden behind that power is allowed to shine. We are not allowing it to shine because of our ahankar, because of our limited realization, because the ego, the me, is always trying to strengthen itself, is always trying to experience what it wants to experience. See, there is a distinction between mastery of the ego and being victimized by the ego. One who is a victim of one's ego, the number one indication is energy damage that occurs emotionally, intellectually, relationally because of the ego. That, is, that means that the person has become a victim of one's own ego. Person means the Jivatma is further bound. The mastery of the ego is a whole different matter. So in in the Shiv Shakti tradition, and you would even say in the many of the Vaishnava other traditions, the ego is mastered is very easily when it is just given over to God. But this is what we don't want to do. We don't want to give our ego over to anybody, especially God. Because that's the one thing God doesn't have. He doesn't have our mind. He doesn't have our ego. What does God have? Bhagwan has everything. But he doesn't have our mind. He can take it by force, but he's not going to do that. You know, so it is up to us whether we want to give our ego over to the divine. And once we do that, once we do that, then then Bhagwan, then the Paramatma takes care of us. That is where the word anugraha comes. That is the grace that is coming. Then all the energy and everything, siddhis and everything is given to the, to the devotee. The four types of mukti are given to the devotee. Everything is given. But the devotee only wants what? Prasannata. You see, Vachanamrut is very clear. In Vachanamrut, Sajanan Swami said, keep one desire in life that is to please God. Don't keep anything else. Don't worry about anything else. Do everything else as needed in the world. And if you need something, you pray, you ask, ask and you shall receive, as the Bible says. Don't worry too much. But keep your feet, attention on the feet of God. And by doing so, bhakti is never damaged. One of the key points in all of these scriptures is not to damage the energy that is there within bhakti. Bhakti is love, pure love. And that pure love once that really, really takes hold, that is where the energy descends. See, this is, I'm quoting here from footnote number six. 
from the secret of recognition pratyabhigna hridayam uh, so in the footnote number 6 it says the shakti part or shakti ni part which is the falling or the descent of power that's what it means so shiva shakti descends his power his creative energy which in reality is not different from himself see this is the whole point we are the atma there is the transcendental akshara brahma that is called shiva here that transcendental akshara brahma has infinite power so the power descends on the individual in the form of creative energy see this word creative creative means that we are we can be in a state of creation of new experiences new phenomena new growth new growth of energy that is occurring within our system and that new growth is the whole ball game in spirituality to move away from old harmful experiences and patterns and not to be trapped and stuck in the experiences of the past that is creative energy so it is thought of as female and represents his imminent aspect see even in vachanamrut sajanand swami said maya is stri rupini that in the form of female this is written actually exactly the same thing is written why is that maya is actually not in that sense male female in that like how we're thinking is beyond that mahamaya as such although we can think of it in in, in female aspect because that is the, its expression is that way you know so it is the feminine that is present in all the brahmana that is shakti so that same feminine and we can see that in terms of our sexual desires our other desires so many things are feminine in nature even we say mother earth we don't say father earth you know we say mother nature why do we say that because it is the womb of creation within which all the species are transferred that is in that womb that is called the garbha maya nu garbha it is called in gujarati so it is the womb of creation within which infinite number of souls are transferred jivatma are transferred from the original mahamaya beginningless into the expressive state with the various bodies so it's interesting so when when that great power permeates the universe actuates the cosmic processes actuates means activates but that and and in that shakti part descends upon the soul takes possession of the soul so the so the great power of god takes possession of you it is being overtaken by god when does that happen it only happens for one who wants it to happen we are overtaken by our ego by our ignorance by our kaam krodh lobh moha we are overtaken by million things actually we and, but when the devotee bhakta decides i want to be overtaken by god and even takes one flower one leaf patram pushpam phalam toyam take one leaf one flower and place it at the feet of the divine in any form you want in any religion you want with with any true guru even if it's a false guru but if your bhavana is true god will be present there that's the interesting thing even if the gurus are false some they're not gurus then in that sense but if your bhavana is true something real will come over there amazing it depends on you it all depends on you and even if real gurus are there and you are egotistical nothing will happen sometimes people are running after all the gurus because of their ego because of the limelight because of they want to be in the pictures and they want to have some status and position in spiritual organizations anybody who wants that is is totally lost 
100% lost from spirituality. Even the thought of that will immediately bring you away from spirituality. So all such things are to be kept in mind that when we decide, I want God to overtake me, my mind, my thoughts, my emotions, and the ego to resonate with, with, the, with the power of God. That is aham brahmasmi. I am the Brahman. You know, tattvamasi, that the aham transmutes into the Brahman. It resonates with the Brahman. When we are resonating in this way, then that grace dawns. That is called shakti part. The same as anugraha. And that is same as krupa. In Gujarati language we say bhagwani krupa. Krupa means grace. But what is grace? Grace is where the devotee is flooded with the divinity that is showered by the divine light, by the divine being that is Bhagwan Sakshat. So, I just want to make sure that the terminology is clear. You know, so there is the word Chit, C-I-T, we were looking at that, Chit Rupini Shakti, that is the consciousness that is searing itself in many, many different ways, expressing itself. And then, and then, there's also the word chitti, C-I-T-I, which is intelligence, spirit. That is a dynamic aspect. Uh, so that is Shiva in the form of absolute intelligence, absolute comprehending reason. So our buddhi tattva that is dynamically active, that is sometimes called chitti, C-I-T-I. That is the consciousness in a very dynamic but very highly intellectual uh, form that allows us to comprehend. It is the word of buddhi evolves into sadbuddhi. That sadbuddhi evolves into the, into the cosmic intelligence of the mahatattva. The mahatattva evolves into the akshara brahma. That higher, higher, higher reasoning and intelligence becomes available for us. So chitti in the form of Shiva. In, uh, again, the word Shiva is used because we're using Shiva's uh, scriptures, which are the most ancient. These are highly ancient. That's why we're going back to the original scriptures. Be before all the sampradayas even came out in, in India, all this knowledge was already there. So, so very, very interesting. So the, again, the synonyms for Chit are also Chaitanya. Chaitanya means the dynamic aspect of the atma that is present in the form of intelligence, in the form of emotion. I've mentioned it to you before, divine emotion, divine thought, divine intelligence, like this. Very, very beautiful. So along these same lines, along these same lines, if we go a bit further, the, another word that, is, uh, that comes up is svatantra. Svatantra means that that which has itself as foundation, that is independent. So what is independent? From Swaminarayan Tatvagnyan, the five Bheda, the Panch Bheda, Jeev, Ishwar, Maya, Akshar, Brahm, Parabrahm, five are there. We are Jiva, the cosmic deities, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva are the Ishwaras, and many such like that. And then beyond that is the Akshara Brahma, beyond that is the Mahamaya, and beyond that is Akshara Brahma, and beyond that is the Purushottama Narayana, Bhagavan Sakshat. So that's Svatantra Tattva from this, from Swaminarayan Siddhant, is the only one Svatantra Tattva. That is Bhagwan Purushottam, which we have not we have not talked about that yet. We're approaching that slowly, slowly, slowly. So the Swatantra, Swatantra means that which does not have any other foundation. So many times sages in the past said that the Atma, when they realize the Atma, they said that is everything. Because you feel that you are everything. They said this must be everything. Then those who have realized Brahma, Vishnu, Shiv, they might say that is everything. Those who have realized Akshara Brahma, they might say that is everything. Wherever their stage of realization, like Shankaracharya said, the Brahman and the Jiva are one, the Brahman is limitless, infinite, the absolute, that is everything. 
Bhagwan Swami Narayan, he said that beyond Akshara Brahma is Parabrahma Paramatma. That is everything. It depends on one's realization. And there is a, a problem in philosophy uh, known as uh, uh, this, uh, it's like a cause effect relationship problem. Um, and it's called the infinite regress problem. <coughs> if somebody says God is the cause of everything, who causes God? Well, God is not caused by anything, He's the cause of all causes. The Svatantra Tattva, that doesn't have any causes eternally existing, and, and the space-time causality come from that power. So we cannot understand that which is beyond cause and effect. We, if we ask the question that that Tattva that is beyond cause and effect, what, what cause does it have? The question is, is false, because the question is coming from the realm of cause and effect. When whatever is beyond cause and effect, Akshara Brahma, Parabrahma, even the Atma, is they are beyond cause and effect. So if they are beyond cause and effect, then how can we begin to even understand them? So the answer that is given by Sajanan Swami Maharaj is the answer that they are Anadi, they are just there. And they have their own luminosity and prakash. They are just there. So they are not caused by anybody or anything. They are Nitya Tattva. So like for example, who we are? We are Jiva. Or we are Shiva, let's say, we are Atma, we are Akshara, we are Brahma. This notion is not just a notion, that is who we actually are. We think we are the body, we think we are the mind, and we are so much enraptured by that because of the, of the creation of the body. But the reality is that we are the Atma, and that Atma is not created by anybody. Not even by God, as uh, many would say, there's a Vachanamurut actually. I think it's Garada Ante number 10. It's called Kashi Ane Vrindavannu Vachanamrut. So I just read that yesterday. And it's very clear in there that the Jivatma is not created by God. Some people think, interpret the Gita and other scriptures, Jivatma is like a creation from God. The Jivatma, if it's a creation from God, then logically we can say that, that the Jivatma has come into ignorance. That means God came into ignorance. How can that be? So that's not, that, there's something not right with that. You know, so the Jivatma is within the influence of Mahamaya. So it's not created by God. There's infinite number of jivas and Bhagwan is separate. Otherwise, we have the problem of God degrading into ignorance. Or the Brahman, even in Advaita Vedanta, the Brahman is dreaming as many, but how can the Brahman dream into ignorance when Brahman by definition is beyond ignorance? So there's no answer that Advaita really has to this question. Uh, and as I mentioned, the Advaita is simply, it is a realization of the Brahman. And pe people have realized that and have spoken from there. But from where we are, uh, this reality is as it is. You know, uh, simply saying that I am the Brahman or I am Akshara, I am everything, you can say that. But to realize, realize that is a different matter. And that requires the ego to really radically change itself, fundamentally. And then all the other higher realization can open at that point, but not before that. You know, so, so the evolution of the jiva towards the highest of high realities, these truths are available for us when we have energy to conserve. And with that power, we can move ahead into that non-dual state with the universe. So there is, and that's what siddhis are. A siddha has siddhis who are non-dual with what is going on outside. They can control what is happening outside and their experience. They control the experience that they're having. It's like I'm using this window, I mean, using this computer with many windows open. I'm the one who is controlling these windows. 
I'm the, this computer. But if I don't have any control over, over my computers running amok, I cannot do anything with that. It's a mess, actually. Similarly, in our life, we can actually control what experiences we want to have. But we must decide what experience we want first, and then we can meditate and do sadhana along that basis to gain the experience we want. That is what the Veda mantras do. But beyond that, beyond all experiences, is the realization, the anubhav, aparoksha anubhuti, as Adi Shankaracharya would say. This experience, this is the realization of the divinity that I am, the I am the Atma, I am that Brahman. That realization is beyond experience. It's not an experience. It is the revelation of the divine. Oh, I am this. It's like you are a multimillionaire and you forgot that you were that. And once you realize that, what changes? Oh, I am this. I am not this poor person that I thought I was. That's all. You know, it's just a change in perception. It's a change in wisdom. Similarly, it doesn't mean that the physical body is going to transform with 10 heads or 20 heads or something like that. No. It's the same human being with the same body. The poor person now realizes now all of a sudden they have $100 million in their bank account. My God, it's a whole energy. See the Shakti part, the energy is awakened immediately. Why is that? Because it's a change in perception. Similarly, if we realize I am the Atman, I am the Brahman, we're immediately awakened. And that, that immediacy of the experience is what we're trying to look at in the Pratyabhigna Hridayam, as I mentioned several days back. That the immediacy of where we are now in its fullness, in anything we're doing, whatever, we, we may be going for a walk in the park, or we might be playing a game, like a tennis game or whatever, we might be doing bhakti, bhajan. We could be doing anything. What is the immediacy of the experience? And what is, the, what is our relation to that experience? Who are we in that experience? What is the quality of the mind in the experience? What is the sensation of the mind and the senses in that experience? All such awareness comes to us. Even when one is worshipping God, one is worshipping God through awareness only. That I'm aware that I'm worshipping God. There's an activity occurring by the mind, body, senses, in devotional practice called bhakti sadhana. So there's awareness even of that practice and that awareness of that practice goes back to that, that notion that there is an absolute re reality that is svatantra, meaning that is that absolute that is free, that is has sovereign will, it is the foundation of all. And we are resonating with that state through the multitude of sadhanas for those who are doing sadhana. For those who do not want to do sadhana, you have one of two options. Either you use the via negativa approach of directly realizing the whole phenomena through pure awareness. If you can do that, if you're able to do that, that's great. If not, then, then one remains tamasic, one remains dull, ignorant, or remains rajasic, running, running blindly in this sansar. That's all. So it is, a, it is a choice we have to make at all times with regards to our development, where we are headed, what is happening with me, within me at any given point, and what is the development further. All right, so we'll stop this recording here. We'll continue tomorrow.